it, but it tells me that there's an appetite for people wanting to connect with each other. And so if we as a church, we're not maximizing that. I mean, why not, why not small groups and all over the world? Like why not leverage Clubhouse to start meeting? Because you now get to pick a topic, you talk about it and you're opening your front door saying, hey, if you want to come join us, come hang out. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, uh, joined with good friends, Justin and Matt, uh, and we are talking crypto today. Uh, If you have followed me on social media uh, for the last couple of years, you've seen me post quite a bit about crypto, uh, and I am a a bit of a fan, and uh, I think it's the future of money, Uh, but that's my opinion. It's not everybody's opinion. Uh, but, but I've got some friends that, that know more about crypto than I do, and, and I believe it's becoming more and more relevant conversation for church leaders. Uh, so first, uh, Justin, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, uh, in, in your crypto story a little bit. Sure. Uh, well, I've been at uh, Liberty Live Church uh, for almost 20 years now, uh, doing various aspects of administration. And um, I work very closely with the, the finance area and uh, so, you know, from online giving and different avenues, um, you know, we've really seen that play out over the last 12 months about how important that is to the church to have various avenues. And then, um, you know, from a crypto background, only a couple years in it now, but uh, really seen it uh, come on the scene as, a, you know, kind of a first as a hobby and then as an investment. Yeah. And, um, you know, really starting to see interest now and in people wanting to uh, donate that to the church. And so now it's, kind of merging all these different disciplines and uh, see how can we bring crypto to the forefront for nonprofits. I love it. I love it. It, it is, it is such a fun uh, conversation. Justin, what, what first caught your attention? Do you remember like an article you read or something you saw on TV? What, uh, what got your attention when it comes to crypto? First it was blockchain. So I was looking at it from that aspect, okay. um, you know, from the a nerdy side of it and uh, distributed ledgers and all that. And so that's when I started really to be introduced to it. You know, you heard about Bitcoin in the background, but it was fringe. Um, And then I got invited to a project that was starting a a decentralized exchange and it was a whole new world. And so, you know, it's kind of like going down the rabbit hole and, uh, you know, just got more fun and more exciting and then started to see, oh, wait, this might be the future. And, uh, you know, just got more interested from there. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll, we'll talk about what we perceive the future to be uh, here in a little bit in the conversation. Uh, Matt, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, your ministry background, and, and what brought you into the crypto world. Sure. Thanks, Nils. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, have, have sort of gotten to enjoy both a technology and a ministry back, background. That's, that's, you know, as I look back on my life, it feels like the Lord is sort of... Um, sort of woven those two different um, vocations uh, through my life and uh, started as a sort of in the technology area was um, was uh, fortunate enough to be part of sort of the original dot-com like boom and so that that sort of got me interested in technology started my career um, the word sort of intersected my life and and uh, um, you know led me after him and I uh, took a step away from business and sort of entrepreneurial endeavors and um, got into ministry full-time um, and, uh, and, you know, worked for Young Life actually for a little bit, for a couple of years and um, met my, my current partner, um, business partner um, at that time as well. And uh, God just sort of developed a heart for, f- at least for me, for this intersection of technology and the kingdom um, uh, ended up leaving uh, Young Life and uh, just went through a couple different entrepreneurial endeavors. But eventually, um, myself and uh, my partner James founded a company that was focused on processing donations for churches. Um, like kind of in the early days, where man, it was still tough to convince pastors yep. uh, that giving with credit card was not, you know, potentially yep. from the devil. Of the devil. Um, yes. Uh, sort of uh, developed uh, text to give, built that company, ran it, um, and uh, and you know it it was a it was an awesome experience, um, and then also worked uh, at a mega church in San Diego as a the, the CTO, um, and actually that's where you know you and I ended up meeting. Gosh, yep. eight years ago I think. Yeah. Um, 
And so have really gotten to just, just got to the Lord has exposed me to both sides, right? The sort of the entrepreneurial arts and ministry. And I've had the privilege of doing both of those things. Um, we sold our, uh, our company um, that was a, the, you know, donation processing platform about four years ago, not quite about three and a half years ago. Um, and just swore that we would never get into the giving business again. Like, like no way took a break. Um, just let the Lord refresh us. And it was really at about that time that then, um, you know, just kind of started getting interested in Bitcoin and blockchain, trying to understand um, autonomous distributed um, yeah. systems, like what that meant. It was very, it was very esoteric and abstract at the time, but, um, but yeah, you know, even I, I remember sitting with you in Disneyland and saying, man, yep. we got this idea, yep. you know, I, I, I don't want the church to be the last one on board this time to this big technology wave that seems like it's coming. So yes. um so yeah, so then we 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 found it in Given, um, and in Given is really just focused on um, trying to just provide a simple solution for churches so that they can safely and easily accept cryptocurrency donations um, if they've got donors that want to do that. So so that's what we're doing now, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped about talking talking about crypto and blockchain is really it's really energizing. I know it is to you. I can see it on your face. It's like it's it's super fun. So then connected with Justin recently. Um, his church is on our platform and we sort of just, we just hit it off and, you know, that's yeah. how we are today. It's, it's such a, it's such an exciting conversation to be on. The, and, and I remember the energy coming out of our conversation at Disneyland of, of it feeling like, and, and you, you were kind of on the front edge of accepting credit cards. Of, I feel like I've been on that front edge of like pastors thinking I'm a heathen, you know, with like social media is of the devil and the websites like right. you must, want your congregation to be into pornography if you're going to have a church website uh and, and like all of these like massive leaps that people make and, and i do think there's a reality with cryptocurrency that it's used for bad things but it doesn't mean it's inherently bad and that's where we're going to have a conversation uh today i think most people are still unbelievably confused but they're paying more attention to it and i think that's almost where social media was a decade ago of okay, maybe this Facebook thing, there's more to it um, than it just being a fad that kids are into and wasting a lot of time, but I don't get it. Uh, and I don't know if it's good or bad. And, you know, I'm confused. So let's start with blockchain. Uh, Justin, you, you first learned about uh, blockchain technology and studied it. How, how would you describe the technology of blockchain? How do I describe the technology? Um, well, I think, you know, what interested me in it is how the distributed ledger aspect of it is coming from, it can be anywhere, right? So it's not housed in a central location or doesn't have to be. Yes. And you can have that store of information all over the world. Uh, it can be backed up. It can be secured by many different computers on the network. And you don't have one individual necessarily owning that information. And so... There are so many use cases that can be built off that technology um, that provides much more privacy and security um, as opposed to having information all under one corporate giant or one big company. Yes, yes. So we, you, you dropped some big words here. Uh, and, and Matt, I'm curious maybe for you to describe as you've jumped into it. I think some of the big words are distributed and... Um, uh, you said another word, and I, I'm, I'm blanking it now. Decentralized. Decentralized. Yeah. And so, de distributed and decentralized. What does that What does that mean to to just a normal person? Well, Nils, I think the easiest way for for me to understand it in a way that then I can explain it, like, because it probably like like you, you have a bunch of people asking you to, to, yeah. to, can you explain it to me, right? At dinner parties or conversations, you know, as you're waiting to pick up your kids or whatnot. Um, the, the easiest way that I can explain it is uh, is just kind of drawing the corollary with our current banking system. And, and almost all of us have a bank account. We're fortunate in the United States, almost all of us are banked. That's yep. another issue that we can talk about in regards to blockchain yeah. and hopefully an issue that the blockchain can solve. But um, we're familiar with having a banking relationship. And so um, in, in generally in a banking relationship, it's the bank that's holding your money and the bank is keeping track of how many units or how many dollars are in your bank account at any given time. Right. So they keep track of the debits and the credits. And that's essentially a ledger. Now, 
our parents used to keep uh, checkbooks with a checkbook register. And they would, so then they would also write down uh, the debits and credits so that they could kind of know what was going on. But the truth was, is that 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 checkbook ledger that you wrote down on didn't really mean anything, Mm. right? The authority, um, as far as the ledger goes, that said how much money you had, what money was coming in and was coming out was the bank. And that was, and and it's one ledger. It's a, it's a unified ledger, central ledger. Yep. Um, and we all are okay with that, right? We all agree that that's okay. We trust, we end up, and it requires trust, right? You, you give money to a bank. There's a significant amount of trust that goes on there. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Those are just like the social dynamics that are involved. And so, um, a decentralized ledger, like, uh, Justin said, is that that ledger that imagine that ledger that the bank had instead being shared amongst a bunch of nodes, even yeah hundreds of thousands, millions of nodes. So that ledger is replicated on a bunch, electronically on a bunch of different machines yes. around the globe yep. that are operating independently of each other. And if they agree all that, and, and you know, the ledgers are all the same, yep. then one per, one of those uh, ledgers can't, um, they can't fudge the ledger, yep. right? So they, 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 they can't make an entry that's not correct. They can't move um, you know, money from one account to another, um, unless all the ledgers, or in the case of most um, blockchains, more than 50% of the ledgers agree. So there's what, what's called consensus. Yep. Um, and that's really, that's, that's sort of this big idea. I mean, you know, Bitcoin came really came to life out of the big crisis of 2008. I mean, that's this idea that like, boy, these, the, these financial institutions have failed us. Um, is there an alternative solution? Certainly the technology existed before, but sort of codified and, and launched and, you know, in the midst of that sort of big reckoning that folks were having with, oh my gosh, you know, these financial systems can fail because yeah. maybe they're not doing, doing things totally proper, you know, behind the scenes. And so um, that, that's how I explain it. It's, it's the, the yeah. idea that like, yeah. rather than a bank holding, holding your, your, your checking account balance and being the authority on it, it's, the entire community, right. Of, yep. of, uh, of a particular blockchain. So, um, and yep. there's different blockchains, Bitcoin is one of them. I I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. Cause I can totally, even as you describe that, think about my first, my first checkbook and, and just writing yeah. that in and you can just see that, that debit and credit. And, and that's how I kept up with my bank account and, and to just think that's duplicated a thousand different times, uh, from, from a decentralized standpoint and can't, can't be changed. Um, yeah. So I, I, I was just at, at one, there, there's one, the one other word too, that yeah. then that comes to is this, this idea of with a bank, we requires trust, right? Cause yep. what you write down in your checkbook doesn't really matter. Actually yeah. the, the bank is the one that matters and you're, you're trusting them. Um, blockchain is also trustless, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's, that's one of the keywords. So it's distributed, it's decentralized, it's also trustless. So you don't have to trust an organization or a person, mm-hmm. um, in order to, uh, transact on the network. And that's a really key tenant of blockchain and, uh, and of Bitcoin is that it's a trustless environment. So, so trustless, meaning you just trust the technology or what, uh, what are you trusting? Yeah, well, that you're, that, that, that you're not trusting a person, whether it's a not, you know, a, a non-natural person, like a corporation or yeah. a person, um, you, you're, you're not relying on, um, you're not required to rely on, um, a promised action of an organization mm-hmm. or whatnot. Yeah. Um, the rules are for how stuff happens are encoded and then pushed up into the, you know, they're into the blockchain yes. and they're, and then, then you get to the fourth word and that then they're immutable, meaning they okay. cannot be changed. Okay. Right? So, and that's really like exciting too, they right? Throw like, away yeah. the keys. Right, right. It's not like a website where you can go, you know, keep updating oh. it and whatnot. I mean, generally this is very, this is a very... <laughs> generalized um, yes. uh, view but but immutable the immutable is very important it's a it's an important thing and yeah it's important for bitcoin too because it's um it's one of the things that people get interested in particularly initially about bitcoin is you know u.s governments can print as much money as they want yes they can change the rules they go to yes. congress and then they just they literally change the rules they <laughs> yeah. you know raise the debt ceiling or they do any of those things oh. and um with bitcoin that, that those rules cannot be changed it's like the, the number of bitcoin that can be minted will always mm-hmm. only be 21 million and we're you know we're almost there yeah. um the rules about what it takes to transact on a particular blockchain network um they're immutable then they can't just be changed at the whim of a company or a group of people or et cetera. and so that's attractive to folks because mm-hmm. um it's trustless it doesn't require trust it's immutable 
it's distributed, it's decentralized. Those are kind of the four big ones. So yeah, it's that's fantastic. Justin, anything else just to, to before we leave blockchain and really dig into crypto that you would say people need to understand about blockchain technology? No, I think Matt hit them pretty good. Uh, the one the one thing that you know continually resonated with me was the trustless. Um, you know, we have so much faith in the systems that we put all our money and we put up we put our information in. Uh, and you know, you can you can get deeper into smart contracts and all that, where these things can be built out to where everyday life occurrences. I mean, whether it's you know buying, selling land and how the deeds record and all that those can be built into these blockchains to where they happen automatically. They can happen instantaneously almost. And you can, you know, trust the systems. Yeah. I love that. I, I, one of the technologies I get so excited about is self-driving cars because I think it's going to save millions of lives. When you take out the trust of when you get in a car, you're trusting every other driver on the road. Um, I don't trust every other driver on the road, Uh, but I would trust, automation, you know, that has eyes, literally 30 eyes looking all directions and knows how to break into stop. And, and I think uh, technology just really helps to take away human error. And it takes, helps to, it just, it breaks down a lot of just brokenness in, uh, in, in various systems. And, that, and I, I'm with you, Justin, I get really excited about blockchain technology as a whole. The beginning of blockchain started with Bitcoin, um, it did what, and Matt, you probably know the, the story of Bitcoin best. What of, uh, so, so maybe can you start with who is Satoshi Nakamoto and what, what is Bitcoin? Uh, wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, what better place to break, uh, news that the entire world has been waiting to hear. Neil Smith is, <laughs> Satoshi Nakamoto. That's so, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, so so uh, that is a. I guess. I mean, I guess that you just uh, Satoshi Nakamoto is the name that is uh, associated with um, the creation of uh, the Bitcoin protocol. Yep. And um, there, it's if you just want to have fun, you go research and try to figure out who he is, um, or she is, or who they are. Um, there's there's no real um, there's no real consensus on who that is. And so certainly some yep. people know in, in some small group of yep. folks know, um, but it is sort of a nom de plume of, of yes. the, the creator or creators of uh, Bitcoin. Yep. Um, and, uh, and it's gosh, part of the God fascination. Bless. We don't know. Totally. Who created totally. This money. Totally. We don't know who created it. Um, we don't know who created it. And what's awesome is there's never been an organization behind it. Right. Yes. So it just, yep. It was it was it is a protocol that yes. was um, sort of put out there and then adopted by some small group of people initially, right? Um, yes. Right, people who knew each other either through the computer or or actually socially, and then began to utilize the protocol on a very micro level, and then in, invited folks into it. And it, it was probably just a really fun project, honestly. Um, I, you know, I, I it was a very serious project, right? Yeah. Very serious project. I, I yeah. doubt it's tough to know whether or not the folks who were behind Bitcoin. Uh, could ever imagine what it has become or what it might become. Um, I I would imagine it kind of outstrips their wildest dreams. But um, that's a thing as we explain Bitcoin to people is try to help them understand that there is no Bitcoin company. um, That actually there there was never, um, a company never received proceeds from the sale of the genesis of Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoins get created by the people who help enable the running of Bitcoin, the miners, right? And, yep. and, and Bitcoins are created to, more Bitcoins are created or minted to incentivize those folks to do their job, which is to yes. support it. So it's this really, just this fascinating idea. It's very hard for us to wrap our heads around it because it's so um, conceptually different than what we're used to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, yeah, so it, it, it sort of, you know, I think it was a pretty esoteric um, technology slash idea that just sort of sort of cruised along um, that I think was very much um, probably mostly limited to people who were super curious human beings with a technology background the technology hurdle to get into Bitcoin was pretty high actually in the early days Um, you really had to you really had to have 
like some confidence, you know, you didn't have to be an engineer necessarily, but you, yeah. you, you kind of had to enjoy computers, yeah. um, even to find out about it. Right. And, yeah. and find other people who had it and how to get it and then how to have a wallet and secure your wallet, and all of those things. And so, um, you know, then it had its first run up, real big run up, um, a couple yeah. of years ago. And I think some technologies have developed then around it that have made it easier to, um, participate in, yes. um, have begun to obfuscate some of the complexity Yep. like those hurdles, those on-ramps to like, Oh, like what's a wallet? How do I use a wallet? And, yes. Um, so those it's become a lot easier. Wallets are a lot simpler. Um, yes. heck with our, with our system, you don't even have to have a wallet. Now you just stick something on your website and people can give to you and it becomes money. And yeah. so yeah. I, th anyways, to answer your question, that's that no one knows who he is. No one knows where it came from. Sure. It would be fun to meet him or her or <laughs> them. Um, but, uh, but I, I'm pretty confident that it has outstripped their wildest dreams. Yes. It, this, this conversation reminds me of, if you guys have ever seen that Today Show clip where it's, um, oh, I, can't, I can't remember their name, Brian Gumble and Katie Couric talking about the internet and email and like, what is this internet and what is email? And, and I feel like it's similar. It's like, what is blockchain and what is Bitcoin? And, and I think that two years ago, I, I remember just feeling like this just is confusing. And every day I feel like I understand a little bit better. And even in this conversation, I'm learning, you know, some terms uh, that, that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a better way to understand this when we, but, but practically if you pull back and, and how can we even describe the internet today, this far into the internet and how can right. we even describe email? We know what it is and what it does. So sure. Bitcoin practically is digital money. Uh, and we use blockchain and in some ways, I think blockchain terminology is going to go away. Cause it's just like online. You're like, we're just on, it's just what we do. And we just send an email. We don't question the email being on the internet. It just is. Um, and, and so Bitcoin is, is digital money. I think we're used to digital transactions with fiat currency. And we'll talk about that maybe in a minute too. Justin though, getting back to Bitcoin, because that's the big, the big, cryptocurrency that that I think got crypto on the radar. Now, there's a bunch of other currencies um, that I want to talk about, but how, it, it, how else would you add to what Bitcoin is for somebody that has no idea and they've only seen it on TV? Sure. Um, I mean, you know, from an organization standpoint, like we look at Bitcoin uh, and, and IRS looks at Bitcoin as an asset. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's one way to look at it. If you don't really understand what's there, it's really treated like a stock. Um, and I don't want to get into the tax side of it, but look at it like that, not as cash in your hand per se, but it's really um, like a tradable asset. And as, um, as more people adopt it, just like MasterCard came out today and said they're going to accept it as payment, it'll be, become more mainstream. But for now, um, you know, Bitcoin is an appreciable asset and it can, you know, it can, it's got wild swings. Um, it, but at the same time, you know, it does have a real store of value. And, you know, that's why our yeah. Justin, you're in, in, in your mind understands this. Um, I, why is Bitcoin today? Bitcoin is worth $48,000. So as an asset, uh, why, why is Bitcoin worth $48,000? <laughs> There's a lot of people asking that. Uh, and, you know, it's, why, uh, why probably just because confidence, um, you know, people are putting trust in that as a medium of exchange. Uh, you know, you have these, it was, it was fringe, it was hobby. And now all of a sudden you have organizations that are making it, they're saying, Hey, this thing, this thing has value in it. Whereas in, uh, like Matt talked about, you know, the, the government can just print money all day long, but there's only, you know, there's scarcity. There's only a certain number of coins. And so with all this money that's being printed out there, companies are looking and saying, well, this is more like gold where it's scarce. And so maybe we need to invest a little bit in it because, because there is now a larger group of people placing value in it. We're going to put it on our balance sheets. Well, as institutions adopt it, the value is skyrocketing. Yes, yes. That's, I, and I think that's, and you'll often hear Bitcoin is digital gold. And, and I think Matt, to your point is it's, you know, you shared earlier, it's, we're never going to have more than, was it 21 million? 
Bitcoin? Yeah, it's capped at 21 million. I think there's about yeah. there's a little more than 18 million that have been minted and, and, okay. and they're minted programmatically. So it's a knowable yeah. way. Like we, yeah. we know the intervals at which they'll be they'll be minted. So yeah. Yeah. And then so per, I want to know your personal story. What was your first coin that you bought and what was your process to getting it? Um, so my, so my first coin was, was Bitcoin, got a little bit of Bitcoin. Okay. Um, uh, and then Do you on, remember but, but when I it was? More, I, how long ago that was, you know what? It, it really wasn't that long ago. I would love to tell you that like, boy, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I figured this out like eight years ago and I bought, you know, I bought 20 Bitcoin and yep. you know, I, I'm not, I am not that guy. Yeah. Thousand percent. Not that guy. I would love to actually, there was another pastor at, um, at the church that I worked at, at the rock church yep. who um, was not technically savvy. Yep. And, but was high on enthusiasm. Like he, and, and he, and he just like, man, he wanted to know all about it. I was the CTO and he was like, dude, you like, get me some Bitcoin. That was kind of it. It was kind of yep. the like, and, and he just wouldn't, uh, he, he was a dog on a bone. He wouldn't let me, yep. wouldn't let me. So then I figured out how to, how to get some, I don't even know where I got it. Um, Interesting. He paid me, and he and he paid yeah. me. I don't think he wanted his wife to know. <laughs> that's, why I'm not using his, that's why I'm not using his name. I don't think he wanted his, his wife to know. And and so I was then so it curious. Was like, I was going to ask you who it was. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, awesome guy. His wife is awesome. I'm sure she's yeah. stoked now. But um, but he uh, and it wasn't a lot. It was not a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah. But, um, but that's kind of how I got got introduced to it. And that's that's sort of when the light bulb went off for me. Yep. I'm like, oh man. Yes. This is pretty neat. This is pretty yeah. fun. Um, we should figure out how the church can, the church can participate in, in this. So. Absolutely. And, and Justin, what, what was your entry into your, your first coin that you bought and how did, how did you get it? Well, my very first coin uh, was a coin called, it was a, a utility token called PRV from a project called Incognito, which still exists. Um, it, it was maybe worth 20 cents at the time. Uh, so my real foray was a couple months after that and it was ethereum with my first token okay Before i ever got any bitcoin it was ethereum and how how long ago was that that was uh that was late 2019 okay okay so not not that long ago no. so you're yeah and, and then relatively new and then did you and you had studied blockchain prior to that or is that kind of at the same time you were studying blockchain yeah i was doing a blockchain certification and, and then yeah. i kind of progressed into that yeah very good. Very good. And, and for me, it was, I got Coinbase, you know, I downloaded, I just Googled how to, how to buy Bitcoin and uh, downloaded a Coinbase app. And I think I threw a hundred bucks in and bought a hundred dollars worth of uh, Bitcoin. And that was when it was probably at the $19,000 mark. And then within like two weeks, it was at the $9,000 mark. And then I think it was down at the $4,000 mark. Uh, so I, I got to be one of those uh, that, that caught the wave at the worst possible time. Um, and, and today it's at $48,000 uh, and, and it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, development of happening of, you know, of what's happened. Uh, and, and I want to talk about the church specifically, uh, but maybe before that, I, I think one thing that's valuable to understand cryptocurrency as a whole is Ethereum is the other key token out yeah. there uh, yeah. or coin. Matt, what's, what is Ethereum and why is it so important? Well, so, so to, I, I guess, to, without getting too deeply in the weeds, we, we can kind of look at uh, Bitcoin as the first use case yep. for like the, the mass adoption of blockchain technology. And, it, and it, like um, Justin said, it really, uh, Bitcoin really is simply and only it's a store of value, yep. right? So it, it is a, it's, it's a bunch of accounts essentially, and they have a bunch of balances and yep. those balances can be moved, or be moved between the accounts, there's debits and credits. And that's really it. Yep. So you can almost kind of think of, of Bitcoin as sort of like blockchain 1.0. Yes. Um, and then Ethereum is a, a different blockchain. Um, and it is sort of, you could sort of think of it as a blockchain 2.0. And um, what Ethereum did was it, 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 it created a, the Ethereum, I guess the Ethereum foundation now, they created a, a platform that allowed for um, development of smart contracts, which are these sort of encoded, uh, maybe, maybe more sophisticated rules that you can encode and then deploy onto a blockchain. Okay. Um, so it provided the framework to be able to, um, to 
develop and um, deploy these smart contracts, these systems that could do some of the things that Justin was talking about that's outside of money maybe or tangentially related to money. Um, but then also uh, Ethereum network allows um, you to mint your own tokens based on a, a specific protocol, a specific standard, ERC-20 is the most common. Um, and so it's it uh, it sort of opened the world. And, and now there's there's Ethereum and they are sort of right now, they are in first place in that sort of lane, right? Yep. Um, but now there's a bunch of other protocols and projects that um, that have amazing technology. Um, Ethereum sort of got there first and yep. people started building on um, Ethereum, kind of like eBay um, was sort of the, there was many auction sites at once. And, but, but there was just a bunch of people on eBay. So more people came to eBay because there was people on eBay, which made there more people. So more people came. So, and, yep. and so Ethereum is very, um, is a very vibrant ecosystem. Um, many of the tokens, alternative tokens, um, uh, decentralized finance tokens, et cetera, that you will hear about are built on the Ethereum platform or on yep. the Ethereum blockchain. Yep. And then the, the native token for Ethereum, the Ethereum blockchain is, is ETH, is ETH yep. or Ether. Yep. And you need to use Ether to um, essentially do your transactions yep. with any of these, these uh, ecosystems, these smart contracts, um, these decentralized finance tools. You need Ethereum. Ethereum is the currency that you use when you're interacting with any of those things. Yep. And so um, Ethereum is the number two cryptocurrency by market capitalization in the world. And it's just rocking too. And um, because you really need it, you, you actually need it to do something specific. So it is also a store of value. People also accept it. And, and it, it, it's, you know, we, on our platform, we see, um, you know, Bitcoin is the most donations come through but yep. Ethereum um, is, would be number two, um, but you actually need Ethereum to yeah. do to do something right so you, you you use that as your form of currency to interact on the ethereum network yes and and i want to encourage those listening you should not fully understand everything matt just said <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, sorry because this is this is the real i mean it, and it's like when you first get your internet and you're like why is it ringing why is it like what's that <laughs> noise like Right. You, you don't understand fully what it is, but once it's connected to the internet, you knew how to navigate the World Wide Web and you would click here and yeah. you go there. And then every time you used it, you better understood it. Um, and, and I think that these, this is probably a conversation that's worth coming back to once a month for the next yeah. six months, uh, because this conversation is becoming more and more important. And I think the more you do it, the better you'll understand it. And just like the, every email you sent, you better understood email. Every letter you wrote, yes. you better understood how to write a letter, how to put a stamp on it, how to do the address. You, you learn processes to how things work. And it when it's new, it's complicated. But as you begin to use it, it will become uh, more natural. Uh, so I want to encourage you with that because there's so much yeah. to this, this conversation that it has progressed so fast to catch up to where it is today is going to take you time. You're not going to listen to one podcast and, and understand it all. Uh, Justin, I want to, as we get practical here, somebody that hasn't bought Bitcoin or Ethereum or any other cryptocurrency, where, where should they start? Like, what, what would you recommend? Like, here's the best, like for a beginner to buy their first Bitcoin or Ethereum, what, what should they do? I mean, Coinbase to me is a good place to start. It's so widely, you know, known. Um, that's where I made my first purchase, and yeah. um, you know, it's it, they have so much documentation out there to help you through it. You know, definitely um, start with some some place like Coinbase that's really secure, and yes. um, you know, you have confidence in it. Yeah, and then you can go to the dark web after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's it is and I, I totally agree with that. Gemini is the other one that I think has a great uh, user experience, uh, user interface. And uh, one one of the things that I, I would recommend is is go and put ten dollars in, put fifty dollars in, whatever you're comfortable with losing. Uh, mm. But just you know, this is a way to learn. And then send, find a friend that gets it to you, and send them a dollar worth of Bitcoin, and have them send you two dollars worth of Bitcoin, and trade, and send, and buy, and trade, and, and and you'll, you'll begin to understand even how that digital wallet experience and exchange works in this digital currency world. Um, so as people now have a digital wallet and they've got some money in a digital wallet, 
and, and there's cryptocurrencies. We have digital money. Justin, in your seat uh, as a as a church leader, uh, an executive, you know, in, in a church, what? Why is cryptocurrency important to church leaders? Why is it important to you? And why should other church leaders be paying attention to this? Sure. Well, I think you know, with COVID, uh, you know, the giving landscape changed, and so no longer, um, you know, could you just gather the people in one location and, and they can give. And so we've had to get creative and look at other ways of giving. Uh, you know, online giving, thankfully, was um, heavily adopted prior to it. Uh, but the world is changing. So just like the church had to um, kind of adapt to different methods of giving when, you know, people were doing more online, well, as Bitcoin and, and crypto in general becomes more mainstream, you know, we have to adapt uh, to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's key. I mean, I think we have to adapt and church leaders often aren't good at, at adapting. And I think that's why this conversation is so important is we don't have to, and this is not the conversation we had two years ago, three years ago at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, the church doesn't have to play catch up in, in this conversation. Uh, and that's why no. I, I've wanted to have this conversation and why I've been teasing it, you know, for, for so long. Uh, is is we can we can be ahead of this conversation and and I think this is where given has created an easy way uh, for church leaders uh, to, to be ahead uh, of this because this is coming um, and you you might not you know have somebody wanting to donate in Bitcoin in January 2021 but by the end of 2021 I will be surprised if your church doesn't have one person ask about donating in crypto. Uh, so Matt, I, I do, maybe before we get into how in given works and how you can donate, uh, why, why, why would somebody want to donate in Bitcoin or Ethereum or any other cryptocurrency instead of US dollars or, you know, whatever their native currency is? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the motivations that people have are, are, are pretty varied, but, but what we're seeing is really just is two main ones right yep. now as sort of the market kind of emerges. Um, and the, the, the first one I think is the, is probably the most prominent use case and probably will be for the next, at least in the United States for the next probably year or yeah. so, particularly if we continue to see uh, Bitcoin make gains, Ethereum make gains yeah. or hold on to those gains. Um, and that is that, um, like Justin said, uh, this is just another asset class, yes. right? And the, the um, IRS has been one of the, the clearer regulatory bodies in the United States about sort of how to, how, how at least we're dealing with these cryptocurrencies right now. Yeah. And, um, and so when you, when a, when a cryptocurrency holder uh, purchases crypto and then holds it and then yeah. sells it, there's a capital gains liability there yeah. right um and so there is a um there is a distinct um i think tax strategy tax advantage if 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 you have congregants who um have appreciated cryptocurrency yep. um it benefits them and it benefits you um for them to give those uh uh gifts in that native asset yep. so that they can get the full value of the deduction Yep. Um, you can get the full value of the asset yes. um, versus them having to sell it, turn it into U.S. dollars, yep. and then donate um, those gains to you minus their capital gains liability. Yep. Um, and so it's 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 it, the easiest way to think about it is is honestly it's appreciated stock. It's just like appreciated stock from a from a giving and receiving perspective from a from a federal tax, um, um, you know point yeah. of view so and, and so that's the that's way, the number one thing and there's a yeah. there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people with appreciated uh, yeah. crypto right now and, and that's why and, it's so important and most of them you don't know year. about yeah 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 and so I, um, so I we're seeing we, we are seeing a lot of large gifts that's what we're seeing is you oh. know is it's not it's not the you know the average tithe via credit cards about 150 bucks yes. right that's and that's and 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 that's the lifeblood of churches right is is, is reoccurring um just faithful tithes uh, the Bitcoin gifts mostly that we're seeing is not tithing in Bitcoin. What we're mostly seeing is, is large, you know, larger gifts, um, of, a, of an appreciated asset, um, from, you know, one or two folks in the community around that organization. Um, and then the second, the second, um, one is that you, there, there are people who are just being their whole hog, uh, yeah. into digital money. They're into crypto and, and they want to see, they, they want to do everything in crypto. Um, and so, and, 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 and the church is, you know, I mean, just from a socioeconomic perspective, from a cultural perspective, it lines pretty well with a lot of the sort of the, the, the those, that, that crypto, um, 
well, let's, let's say that the, the, the folks who maybe um, have a lower degree of trust in some of our institutions, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there, there are, there's, there's some alignment there within the church in general. And so there are folks who just, boy, I just want to tithe. Um, I want to give, I want to do everything I can in crypto just because I believe crypto is the future and the church should be you know, aware of crypto. And so you've got those kind of crypto evangelists out there. And that, that was it. That's sort of the second most, most prevalent use case that we're currently seeing. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Right. And I think, uh, but those are both good reasons to, to be planning ahead for this conversation because you don't want somebody who's ready to essentially give your church a hundred thousand dollars to have to figure it out. Then, uh, you, you should figure this out before that moment happens. Uh, and that's, I think the biggest reason this conversation is important right now. I think there's a bigger reason long-term, uh, that, that being ahead is going to be important, but, but you don't want to, you don't want to miss 2021 is, is a big, big moment uh, for, for cryptocurrency. Uh, and this conversation is, is very timely. Uh, Matt is, as uh, I got, I got, I've got a story, I guess to quickly tell uh, Ryan Serhant, I saw yesterday posted on Instagram that he, uh, somebody offered to buy a, a house from him. He's a realtor here in New York uh, for 55,000 Bitcoin um, a couple of years ago. And, and he was like, you want to pay in Bitcoin? And he really wanted to pay in Bitcoin. But to your point of uh, people that are Bitcoin enthusiasts or crypto enthusiasts want to pay in crypto, yeah. he pulled out a calculator and realized that would be $1.5 billion today, you know, from yeah. what it was then. Yeah. And he, he was like, I can't, I don't want your Bitcoin. Uh, right. and, and now he's like, man, if I would have only just taken that Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. it is an inter- and he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to take Bitcoin. He didn't understand it. Uh, and today, had he have understood it, he might be in a different financial situation. Um, Matt, let's talk about, yeah, yeah good. No, no, we can, we can, we can talk about, I, I was going to say, I, I, I do think there's a cautionary note, you know, yes. obviously, right. If it like, it, these stories are awesome right now when Bitcoin's at 48,000. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, it, it, uh, in general, the church is not the best practices are not for the church or nonprofits to speculate in, a, you know, in assets that particularly the, the fluctuate as wildly as Bitcoin. Yes. So, um, you know, it's going to be a different story if a church loads the boat the next month uh, with Bitcoin decides not to liquidate it, which liquidating is best practices. And then six months from now, Bitcoin is at 20,000, right? And this very generous gift is now half of what it was. And so, so I, I just, you know, I, I think it's, these are frothy times. I've seen them, I've seen them with the internet before and, you know, um, yeah. rising tide lifts all boats and we're feeling great about it. But I think the thing is to just, and that's what we can talk about is given does and how we do it. And I think this is important, important because when somebody gives to your church, they want it to be used. Um, yeah. And, and they, if they gave you a bar of gold, they wouldn't want you to just put that in a safe forever. They would want you to cash that in and, and use it. Uh, if they gave you stock, they, you know, there, there are reasons behind why they're giving it to you. Uh, so Matt, how, how does in given work? How, do, how does a church begin to accept cryptocurrency and what, what is that function for a church? Uh, yeah, it, honestly, Nils, it, it's pretty simple. Um, you know, it's taken us two and a half years to make it simple. <laughs> yeah. You remember when we first launched yes. it and it was like, man, it, it would take us, it takes a day to teach a pastor how to, you know, use yeah. wallets and do all that stuff. And, yep. um, so we've done our best to sort of obfuscate or remove the complexity, um, and make, you know, our goal really in our mind is we want a church to be able to have their, you know, front office administrator sign up get them through the process and get it on the website that day, take a, take a donation that day and, and get, you know, us dollars in their bank account the next day. That's sort of our target um, for, for the product. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of what we do. It's our, you know, it's, it's free to sign up um, through our, uh, on our platform. Um, We take the organization um, through a a basic um, AML KYC verification. You know, obviously we need to make sure, um, that, you know, a church is who they say they are. And, um, so we go through that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty painless process. Um, and then, uh, a church, you know, that, that can take an hour or two at the most it, it, from the church perspective, about two minutes of uploading some information. Yep. And then once they're verified, a church creates a fund, they can create as many of them as they want. Um, um, we, we try to make it very similar experience to a, a regular giving dashboard because churches yep. are familiar with those, but they, they create a fund. Um, then they can create a widget or multiple widgets, which are essentially just the giving forms that get put on websites. Yep. 
and they choose which funds are going to be in those giving forms. They put them on their website. Um, and then when folks come to their site, their givers are presented with all the information that they need to make a secure uh, cryptocurrency transaction. We um, allow churches to, to offer uh, giving in 26 different cryptocurrencies now. Okay. Um, so Bitcoin and Ethereum are the two, really the two main ones, but there's a, there's 24 others. Nice. Um, and uh, those funds are transmitted literally directly to our institutional partner. Um, and as soon as they're confirmed, they're automatically liquidated. Okay. Um, and the, at, the, at the prevailing market price yep. and the church then gets ACH, uh, the money minus a uh, service fee, um, yep. which is 4% the next day. Wow. And it just lands in their bank account. Um, if a church does want to hold the crypto, um, yeah. that's simple too. They can essentially um, import their own, but they have to know how to manage a wallet, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're going to be the ones keeping the crypto. We're not. Um, yeah. And they can just import a wallet. It's a one click to import a wallet. And so if a church did want to have people give and give directly to them, they can use our service. There's actually no cost for that. We don't we don't charge for that because the crypto is going directly from the donor to the church. Yeah. Um, but um, we still provide the receiving contribution receipts, all that stuff automatically goes out. Um, all the kind of basic reporting that a church um, would expect from a giving platform. And yeah, I mean, hopefully it's that easy. We're, we've, you know, it's, awesome. uh, it's been fun to see some of just, there's some fun, there's some fun use cases that are happening in the church with, with crypto right now. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, so practice. So where do, where does somebody go to sign up? What's, what's the, What's the website? So you go to our website, it's ingiven.com, which is E-N-G-I-V-E-N.com. And there's a sign up link right there on the front. And uh, it's a one page sign up. And then, yeah. like I said, the verification process takes about, you're going to upload a driver's license, um, a picture, you got to take a selfie of yourself. It's kind of all the banking stuff that you would uh, normally need to do, but not too painful. Yep. Like I said, it takes about two minutes, upload a, your, some bank information so we know where to send the, the U.S. dollars. Yep. And, uh, and then you're good to go. I love it. So, so here, so here, I'm going to give an action step for, for our listeners. Um, if, if you, uh, so here, let me give the practical here. If you uh, go sign up for an given account, it's free. So go to, go to given.com, sign up for that account. It's free. Um, and uh, go to Coinbase or Gemini and create an account and buy $10 in Bitcoin or $10 in, in Ethereum. Uh, if you if you DM me on Instagram, I'll send you five bucks of, of Bitcoin or Ethereum, your choice. Um, so just say I signed up for Ingiven, uh, and uh, and I'll 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 send you. So DM me on Instagram or Twitter uh, at Nils Smith, and I'll I'll send you some if you you know. And then you can test, donate to your church uh, on on your Ingiven tool and see how it works. And that's that's another way to just use it and be ready. So if you've never used Bitcoin, you can literally get a Coinbase account today. It's free. Uh, you can get an, an given platform tool today. It's free. And, uh, and you can be ready to accept cryptocurrency by, by the end of the day that you're listening to this. Is that right, Matt? Is it, is it that easy? That's right. It, it is. It is that easy. So there you go. There we go. So we, and, uh, uh, yeah. And, 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 and if I, and I'll go one more, I'll, my, my email address is Matt, it's M-A-T-T at ingiven.com. And, and I'm available too. So if, if in that process, um, you have any trouble or you have any questions, um, just reach out to me directly. And, and I promise I will take care of you personally. That's awesome. I love that. I, I love talking about this stuff. You can, you yeah. can, you, you can tell well, I mean, all three of us do. We get it. We, we do. Get we do. Uh, and so we, we are, we are going to further, this conversation uh, with regular conversation. So if you are interested in, in getting to know cryptocurrency better uh, and you're a church leader, uh, we're going to have monthly conversations, uh, maybe more often than that. Uh, for those that want to keep learning more about uh, crypto, uh, we'll have a, a link to that in our show notes at socialmedia.church. Uh, you can get those show notes. We'll have a link, Matt's email, and we'll have you know websites and, and all of that. Um, is the, is there a direct link for people to sign up to, to join those conversations, Matt? So right now, no, it's, it's a, it's a zoom meeting yep. that, that, uh, that the three of us have set up. So, um, 
you know, I, I think what we decided is let's, let's, let's just post the zoom link. Yep. You know, it can, it can handle a boatload of people. Um, <laughs> if we need to start, if we need to start having folks RSVP, um, yep. then, then let's do that. But for now, um, everybody's welcome. Um, we're going to do it. I think it's on February 25th, yep. um, Thursday, the 25th. And, um, and I, I know you'll post the time and all the particulars, but, um, but I, I mean, I'm excited just to see where God takes the conversation, you know? And, 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 and I would also say that my hope is that people who are, well, Justin and I talked and in, in, in each church or each organization, it seems like the person who signs up with us and we have the conversation for a while has felt like a Lone Ranger. They kind of feel like a voice, you know, crying out in the wilderness about Bitcoin or about crypto. Um, and, and what we want to do is provide a place for those folks to be able so that we can we can have productive conversation, develop best practices, learn from each other. Um, but but I would also say that, like. So, so that's great for people who understand what they're doing and are excited about crypto. But, but man, um, if, if you don't, if you're less than a beginner, like we'd love to have those folks too, because um, that is productive too. It's productive for them. It's going to be productive for all of us, for us to, um, to learn how to uh, develop a vernacular, to, to learn how to help one another. Um, and and uh, in, in that way, I think a rising tide can lift all boats in a real positive manner. hundred percent. I, I get it. I'm so excited about this conversation. And, and if you're a church leader and you're still, pessimistic. Uh, I, I just, you know, I mean, from a practical standpoint, the, the encouragement here is this is zero financial investment. This is minimal time investment. The, the win opportunity here is huge. The loss is a little bit of time. Um, and, and in that time loss, you're probably going to learn some things about technology. And, and so I just, I want to encourage you to not just say, I'm going to get to this later. Uh, I, I think this is a, an important conversation uh, for churches to, to not be playing catch up uh, in, the, in the realm of technology and to be ready for where, where technology is moving. Uh, Justin, as we wrap up this conversation, is there any thoughts uh, around this uh, that, that you'd want to share, encouragement you'd want to give to church leaders? Sure. Um, to your last point, <clears throat> you know, when, when online giving was coming on the scene, the, the argument that we made to get it adopted was, we need to go where, where our people already are and what they're doing. Well, your your church members are dealing in crypto right now. So if you're not as a church, you're, you know, you're not where your people are. And so that's the argument we've used to kind of adopt it. And we see, you know, as soon as we start talking about it, all of a sudden people start coming out of the woodwork and said, oh, yeah, I'm, I do that. I'm interested. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'll just encourage churches, you know, just don't wait too long because, you know, it's, it's moving quickly now and it's advancing rapidly. Yes. Yes. I I'm so fired up about this conversation, Matt, Justin, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, I have a feeling this will probably be a regular conversation here on this podcast as this conversation develops and, uh, and as church leaders start paying more attention and, and we, we start needing to have uh, critical conversations about this developing technology and uh, the opportunities around it. I appreciate the leadership you guys are providing in this conversation and looking forward to that next Zoom call uh, and the Zoom calls to follow. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. Go to socialmedia.church for the show notes. All the links and things we talked about will be right there and we will talk to you again on the next episode.